0: You can know that you have eternal life, that you can be 100% sure that you have eternal life. And I'd like to read a scripture to you from John chapter 17. This is Jesus' prayer to the Father. In John 17, he says, When Jesus had spoken these things, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come, glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, so that he may give eternal life to all those you have given him. This is actually a really profound passage. We're only going to just touch on it for a moment. Now, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. So if you want to know eternal life, we have to know God himself. This is eternal life, it says, To know God. So we're going to take this the next step this morning. We're going to talk about knowing God and knowing that you know. Because, again, the Bible is really clear. You can know that you know. And I don't want to start off by asking the question this morning, do you know him? Do you really know God? Not like, you know, you might know, you know, a famous person or a sports star or someone like that, you know, like Cameron Munster or, Ash Barty or Nick Kyrgios or someone like that you know watching the tennis tonight who's going to get up at 11 o'clock and watch or stay up till 11 11 o'clock to watch come on Nick Kyrgios and Djokovic yeah this will be quite amazing yes (laughs) he's a fighter I reckon you would like him Mel. (laughs) he is amazing uh, what a week. We also have the State of Origin on Wednesday night. Okay. So I can get a bit more, bit more interest in that. Okay. So, 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 you know, you can say like a famous person that's well-known, like a media personality, you can say, well, oh, yeah, I, I, know, I know them. You would recognize them in a the crowd. Maybe you've probably never met them before. So you don't really know them. I'm talking about do you know God? Do you really know him today? You know, the same writer, John, that wrote this gospel, in his next letter, he went to great lengths to explain to us and show us how we can really know God and to know that we know him. It's a really important question. You know, a lot of people struggle with this. I've met many people over the years that aren't sure if they're, if, of their salvation. We use this word saved. You know, Dallas used that word before saved and, and we use it a lot but you know how to really know for sure that you really know God let's turn to uh, the first letter of John 1 John chapter 2 verse 3 to 6 by this we can be sure or this is how you can be sure that you've come to know him if we keep his commandments if we keep God's commandments well that's a little bit strange you know whenever we, we think about commandments straight away people's minds go to the ten commandments or they go to the old testament law well you know when when jesus was asked about the commandments which is the most important one he he came up with two actually he distilled it down to two and then the next time he got asked he actually brought it down to just one there was ultimately only one what's the one we'll come to it a bit later on this morning you have to wait for that what's the one so the first thing about knowing god is to keep his commandments now it sounds a bit like a circular argument you could say to yourself what what comes first do we do you obey his commandments because you know him or do you know him because you obey his commandments actually i think both of those things are true. But what we're looking for today is an indicator or some metric um, to know that we actually, do I really know God? That's what we're looking for today. Let me, let's talk about this for a moment. How does it really work? If you, if, you, if you want to come to know Him, be sure that you know Him. Keep His commandments. How does, that, how does that really work? Number one, the first thing is God is not dragging anyone, kicking and screaming to keep His commandments. It's really important that we get this. God is not saying to you this morning, you must do this. He is not saying that to you. But oftentimes people get that idea. Uh, We think that maybe our compliance will win His approval or our achievements will somehow validate our connection with God. He is not doing that. He's not doing that. Actually, what God is doing is, He is empowering you to do the right thing, to do what is right. He's empowering you to do that. And I love this passage in Philippians chapter 2. I I think of it and and even quote it quite often. The first part of it is just, you know where it says, if you know the, the, uh, the old King James Version, you might know where it says, work out your own salvation. In other words, you need to invest in your own salvation. But then the next verse, verse 13 says, because God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. I really love that. God is giving you the, the, you the want to and the capacity to do what pleases Him. That's so important that we get a hold of that today. I don't have to just struggle and strain and strive to make it happen. God is giving me the power to do what pleases him. There's like a partnership there. You know, you, you're working with God. See, that's, that's the first indicator. If you, if you find yourself doing the right thing and keeping his commandments, that's a great indicator that something's happening on the inside, that God is working. It's like you're doing the right thing because the Holy Spirit is at work within you. And that's really good. And what that says to me is that that's the reason why we need to be praying. Well, we need to be in the Word, Well, we need to be tuning in to God so that the Holy Spirit can be at work amongst us in our hearts. So important. Friends, obeying God is never a drag when your heart is in the right place. It's just not. It's not. And I was thinking, I was actually doing some reading this week about mountain climbing. You know, Mount Everest. In the wintertime, Mount Everest can drop to minus 60 degrees centigrade and there's a gale force winds blowing, like 150 kilometre-hour winds. No one would ever survive on Mount Everest in the winter. People don't realise, they think about people climbing Mount Everest. You know there's like a two-week window to climb Mount Everest in the whole year? Actually, I hope I'm saying the right thing, Sharice. You'll be able to probably correct me on this. But but tell me afterwards if I'm saying the wrong thing. But... um, there's a two, and it takes four weeks to climb from the base camp to the summit oh, sorry, 40 days, they say, from there to there, Because you can only walk a little bit. It's so, so far up. The air is so thin that close to the summit, they call it the death zone, in fact, not just Everest, but all well, a lot of high mountains, where you, you become so starved for oxygen that the risk of heart attack and stroke is increased. And your judgment quickly becomes impaired. And your body is actually breaking down and, and actually dying in, in that rarefied atmosphere. You know, every year, hundreds of people make it to the top of Mount Everest. Um, and also every year, some people die trying to get there. And what happens is that climbers, when you're climbing Mount Everest, you're, you are tied together with a rope they're tied together with a rope and and um it's not a great time to be saying ah oh, i think i'll just do it my way today you know you, you you don't say oh look i think these people are so slow i'm just i'm just gonna i'm just gonna strive i'm just gonna go i'm, I'm gonna go i'm gonna get there like 40 days forget it i'm just gonna get the, i'm gonna get up there you know i think i'll just do it my way it's not the right time to do that that's a, that would be a mistake You would most likely end up as a statistic if you did that. So what I'm trying to say here, friends, is that keeping God's commandments, some people think it's a constraint. Why do I have to do this stuff? Why do I have to do this? What God wants. You know, it's your lifeline. You know, it's not a pain. It's not a drag. Keeping God's commandments when your heart is in the right place. It's just not. Second thing. About keeping God's commandments. If I'm ever going to keep or obey His commandments, I've got to start to love them. I've got to start to love His word in His commandments. You know that word to keep. It's from a Greek word which means to to guard or to or to set set a guard over something, to 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 set a watch or to to guard something. As though His words are precious and valuable to you. You probably know that scripture. Um, Psalm 19, I love it. It says, you know, God's judgments and God's, uh, God's words, they are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They're sweeter than honey, honey from the honeycomb. You know, this does, does, does that's why I said about this, you know, does, does God's word, is that, what, is that like that for you? You know, like sweeter than honey. You know, when, when you get to that point where you know that his words are sweet, then you know that you're starting to appreciate and love and love his words so I think the writer in 1 John is giving us a choice he's saying you can either love God's word and God's ways or you can love the world's ways and then he goes on he clarifies that a little bit and he says in 1 John chapter 2 a couple of verses after the passage that we read he said don't love the world's ways don't love the world's goods Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself. I know this doesn't apply to anyone here. Wanting to appear important has nothing to do with the Father. It just squeezes, it just isolates you from Him. The world, this passage here, we're about to read this verse. I've got got on a big piece of paper on my wall at home because i just love this so much the world and all it's wanting 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 is on the way out do you know that think about that for a moment the world and everything that it wants it's actually on the way out but whoever does what god wants is set for eternity you you know when, when you're doing the will of god you know that he's in your heart you know that god is alive and you know that you know him at that point So he's reinforcing that same principle, that obedience from a right heart says that you're in the right place with him. You're in the right place with him. So what are his commandments? Well, Jesus made it really clear in John chapter 15, verse 12. He said, this is my commandment. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. It's actually really simple. He didn't give you a list of commandments. You, you don't need to download his commandments like it's a long list that you might have to try and memorize. You know, we, we, we're not going to put a list of commandments on the back wall so, or on the front so everyone walks in. We're never, ever going to do that because it's really simple. Jesus said, this is my commandment. it's just Just love one another in the same way that I've loved you. You know what? If you think about the Ten Commandments, it's very hard to steal from someone when you love them. It's very hard to lie to someone when you love them. It's very hard to do any of those things that the Ten Commandments says you don't do when you love someone. And that's what Jesus was getting at. He was saying, just love one another as I have loved you. I, I don't know whether, whether people today are, you know, whether we're not quite as sharp as people used to be in, in the old days. I don't know. But he just distilled it down to one, one simple commandment so we could all be able to get it and memorize it. Now, the second thing about knowing that you know God is, is receive his perfect love. You've got to be able to receive. When, you, when, you've, when you're receiving his perfect love, we're going to go to the next scripture. If anyone keeps his word, the love of God has been truly perfected in him. If we can go to the next slide. If anyone keeps his word, Keeps and obey is the same thing. Keeps his word, the love of God has been truly perfected in him. I want to say, here, friends, this morning that God's word, the Bible, is 100% inspired. It's completely inspired and authoritative, and you can base your life 100% on this. It's inspired in the original languages. Now, what happens is that sometimes we get it wrong when we translate it, into back into english from the original it wasn't originally written in english right it was written in other languages and we got to make it work in english sometimes we get it wrong because your bible might say where it says here if anyone keeps his word the love of god has been truly perfected in him some modern translations say those who obey god's word truly show how completely they love him and I actually don't think that's a very good translation at all, because God is not measuring how well you love Him. He's not—he's not, he's not uh, putting out, getting out a, a, a you know a tape measure or a spirit level to try and work out exactly do you love do you love me well enough. He's not doing that. He's not. Because the fact is, friends, all of us here today, we, we'd like to say, well, yeah, sure I love God. But but our love for God is fragile and frail and subject to human error and human failure. And we just we're just not always up to it. Where it says those who are who um, if anyone keeps his word, the love of God has been perfected in him. That word "perfected" is really, really interesting. It's um, a word in the, in the Greek language, which means um, uh, a, a race or a course or uh, to reach the, to reach the end stage of something. A good example is like the Tour de France, which is on like right now. Okay, so there's multiple stages and you know you get to the end when you get to the end if you're winning at the end you've won but there's many many stages another example in fact our word telescope is very um, uh, ex- comes from the same root word as this greek word and you know it's like back in the day the old pirate telescope you know when you would get a telescope and you would pull it out another stage another stage and it's, it's got multiple stages you know like the, the you know the, the old pirate telescope you know, I should get like a parrot and put on my shoulder to tell this story, you know. But, but anyway, uh, it's, it's, it's from the same root word as this word perfected. Now, what it's saying is when you get to the end stage of something, that's when it really works. That's when it's complete, when it's when it works fully. Now, I don't think God is w- waiting for your love to be fully perfected and complete your love for God. But what he's saying is his love for you can be completed and perfected in you when you keep His words, when you obey His words. Let's read from 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. It's, a, it's a, such an important verse. It said, This is real love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. So friends, what really matters in life is not your love for Him. It matters that you've learned to receive His love for you. Because his love for you is never, it never fails. His love for you is perfect. It never fails. When I'm walking with him, when I'm responding to him, when I'm loving his word and desiring him, his love is made complete in my life in that moment. And then you know that you know him. You know that you know him. Friends, God loved you before you were born. That's, that's a hard thing, but it's true. God loves you before you were born. The Bible says that. He loved you when you decided to go your own way. He loved you when you encountered the trials and difficulties of life. He loved you when you refused to respond to his call. And he loved you when you did respond to his call. He loved you when things were great and when things were not so great. When you were walking in the light and when you fell into sin. He just kept on loving you. He kept on loving you. And here in this verse, his love is made complete in you. When you know that you're walking, when you're obeying his word, his love is made complete in your life when you're responding to him. The last thing in our passage this morning is to be a Jesus follower. If We can go to the next slide. It says, by this we know. That we are in him. Whoever claims to abide or live in Jesus must walk as Jesus walked. It's, it's not talking about getting your right, getting the right walk, you know, just not talking about that. It's talking about the way you live. It's talking, it's saying, Live as Jesus lived. In other words, model your life after him. Become a Jesus follower. I think what this is saying, friends, is that actions. Our actions speak louder than our words. Look, I've met numbers of people over the years that say they're a Christian or I'm a Jesus follower. Yeah, sure, sure, but their actions don't line up with their words. And he's saying, if you want to be, if you want to know that you know, if you want to be sure that you know Him, start off doing what Jesus did. It's pretty basic, isn't it? It's not hard to understand. You know, it, it might be a little bit more, you know, you've got to commit yourself to be able to do that, but do what Jesus did in your life. And if there's one person you wanted to model your life after, let it be Jesus, you know, following in his footsteps. And I love that, that verse in Hebrews 12 where it says, you know, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author or the originator and the completer of our faith, the one who began it all and the one who will bring it to to completion. Fix your eyes on him because that's the best person, that's the best model, the best example for you. In John 15, verse 10, it says, If you keep my commandments, Jesus said, If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in in his love. That's a that's a great place to be. That's the safest place to be. Keeping God's commandments, friend, it's the safest place on earth to be, to remain in his love and know that his love is being made complete in your life. Let's ask, ask our creative team to come back this morning. You know, friends, Jesus is not only the best model that you could ever have for your life, but I want to say today that there's there's power in the name of Jesus. There's authority and power in the name of Jesus. And, you know, you might say, "Well, you know, I really want to. I really want to follow Jesus. I really want to know that I know the living God. I want to know that I know Him." And and you know, I, I, I'm 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 keen to do that, but I I want to do what's right, but I've, I'm always I feel like I'm always being held back. And actually, you know. Uh, those chains that are holding you back can be broken today because in the name of Jesus, every chain can be broken. I'm convinced of that. Every chain can be broken. And I'm just inviting you this morning, friends, to come to him and let those chains be broken today. Maybe you have wanted to receive his love, but you can't get past the lies from the past that have said things like you're not worthy or "you know, who are you to think you could receive the love of God or God would love you you know, that those chains can be broken as well. I really believe that, friends, eternal life. You can know that you know that you know. And if you're not sure today, if you're not 100% sure that you know God in your heart, then I just want to encourage you this morning to to come and let someone pray for you, with people here that will pray with you. and, And you can know absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is alive in your life why don't we stand up we're going to start to sing just um, and I love that part where it says your promise still stands your promise still stands great is your faithfulness great is your faithfulness Lord I'm still in your hands I'm here I'm still in your hands right now it's a confession isn't it it's a declaration of faith of what God is doing in our life can we begin to sing that part this morning and and God is doing something in your heart today. Don't miss the opportunity. Let someone pray for you this morning.